0: Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Gannon look again, looking again. Those up the. Mid. That's Picked intercepted! At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end now. Batted Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan. And we're the Salty Dogs, and we're trying to be not too salty, as upbeat as possible after Uh, the worst game of the year. Yep. Talk about
2: making you salty.
1: I mean, (laughs) when you're doing something that nobody's – when the Saints are doing something that nobody's done since 2006, which is shut out a Tom Brady-led right. team, you know it wasn't a good day at the
2: office. It was not.
1: But we have to move on.
2: And um, we are.
1: I'm just never going to feel good about go- when we're going into a Saints game. It's nope, just They're good. I have had games. Like, I felt really good going into the Buffalo game, and they're very good. And, and that one almost slipped away. But sure. still, I didn't. I, you just can't feel good going, no matter what it looks like on paper. If we're 10-point favorites, which I believe we
2: were, maybe 11. Yeah. It, it's impossible to feel good about it. It's interesting that they shut they they shut down the uh, the Green Bay Packers the three points.
1: That's right. They did. and
2: and you forget about that because they haven't been winning. Uh, yeah, you and know, they've had and a lot quarterback, of quarterback. You know, yeah. Jameis Winston went down, so their offense isn't as strong. But they have a really really good defense. So they really do. Uh, and they went through. They lost like five games in a row, and during that stretch, they actually had a lot of
1: defensive guys get hurt, especially their pass go. rushers. But now they're pretty much healthy. Yeah. And you're seeing what they can do. What the Saints when a team. Beats a really good team like the Buccaneers, and they do it consistently, the knee-jerk reaction, especially I guess mostly in the media, will be like, did the Saints just provide a blueprint Uh, on how to beat the Buccaneers? The problem is, there aren't many defenses out there that can thrive in man-to-man coverage as well as the Saints do. They're fantastic at it. So they can play two deep safety with man-to-man coverage, and they can get after you with their front four.
2: Yep, you can look at you can look at all the tape in the world. If you don't have the players to play it, it doesn't matter.
1: They got pressure on Tom Brady with only four rushers and something like 28.5 percent of their pa- of the dropbacks, which is by far the most any team has done against us with the four-man rush this season. I looked all that up for a Next Gen article earlier this week, so I'm not just spouting out ridiculous numbers. That's true. They were able to get pressure on us with four better than any other opponent, and they have fantastic cover guys. That you, you hear coaches talk about rushing, cover, working together. Uh-huh. The Saints are the perfect example of
2: that when they're on, and boy, were they on. And and boy, were the Bucks off. And they we, you, I mean, you're talking about couldn't kick, couldn't punt, couldn't catch. Guys who can do all those things. Couldn't intercept, couldn't. I mean, guys
1: like Rob Gronkowski dropping a pass. You're like, what, what? is going on yeah,
2: here? Yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, be, before we go any further, I do want to say we're oh, yes. to you by Beefo Brady's. Good food, good fun. You know, Beef O'Brady's, wings, beer, beer and wings. Nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady's. You can start with the award winning traditional or boneless wings, variety of sauces and dry rubs. And next, the most important hey, you want to hit your clock button over there? Thank you.
1: I know. It's this math.
2: There you go. Uh, uh, Next, you want to pick your (laughs) brew. Beef says, all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, what game time, when, where game time meets beer and wine wing time all the time. Let me do that again. How about this? Beef's, all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer and wine time. I I keep saying wine. It's wing time. Beer and wing time. Yes. They do have wine. They do. They do. And I'm not editing They any, have sangria. My yes, wife likes it. I know. I, I'm not going to edit any of this out. So for your meats, beers, and wing time, anytime. There you go. Whew. Got sidetracked there. You could do wings for your Christmas dinner. You could. You could. I bet somebody's done that. I um, bet they did. <laughs> Sounds I mean, good to me. Well, it's easy peasy. Rather have that than turkey. Yeah. No, I like turkey, but no, not this year. But Continue.
1: Well, no, I'm glad you got that in there. Um, Didn't want to move on too far. No, no. But obviously the story from the game. I think Bruce Arians said something to this effect after the game. Losing that game sucked, but the worst part was losing the players we lost. Like, that was actually the more damaging result of that game.
2: Not only do you lose a game, and not only do you get shut out, but you lose two key guys. Two? and Or, well, three. I forgot about Leonard. Yeah, Byron Leftwich today
1: said those three injuries happened within a span of like 10 plays.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, well, we don't – I was going to say Mike, but Mike went out of the game, but we haven't lost him, Mike Evans. So
1: So just to to recap, Chris Godwin suffered a knee injury on a really bad-looking hit, (sighs) which, as Coach Arian said the next day, that was a legal hit. But But maybe it shouldn't be.
2: Correct. Needs to be looked at.
1: The receiver catches the ball, starts to turn. He happens to have a foot planted, and the the, uh, defender goes right through his knee. I mean, seeing that injury as it happened, how could that not be a torn ACL? It's like the recipe for it.
2: I I knew it was was a, a legitimate hit. What I didn't like when Chris was laying down that he bent down to try to take the ball out of his hands. Yeah, sometimes it goes, that, that was the part I didn't like. That's not great. Right.
1: Uh, and then, uh, almost immediately after that, Mike Evans got a hamstring injury, and all of a sudden you're seeing Mike and Chris both trying to run on the sideline yeah, to see if yeah. they can come back in. Neither of them can, and of course we later found out... How is
2: Chris trying to run?
1: You can you can actually move on a, a torn ACL. It, really? It, it, re, it really just it messes with your lateral movement. So cutting is what 's really oh. the most difficult part, and also it probably hadn 't started swelling yet, okay. so once it starts swelling, then obviously he 's going to have a hard time moving around so he was trying to figure out they hadn 't done the official like MRI or anything at that point, but I can tell you from experience that most that probably all team doctors can pretty much figure out if your acl is torn by putting you're not gonna be able to see this on the podcast but jeff i'm showing you put your hands knee. here yeah and i have my hands on the top and the bottom oh. and i just wiggle it back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. when i got my it was the day we were it was a football game in the morning and then okay. the bucks were traveling to charlotte late
2: morning you had a football game in the morning
1: uh, yeah where i tore my acl okay i didn't know that because i had to rush here get uh, on the plane it was from the hospital and um later that night at the team meal, the team doctor came over because somebody sure. asked if he would to check my knee. And he just went, oh, yeah, you tore your ACL. <laughs> he said, you're going to have to get an MRI to confirm it, but I'm telling you, you have a torn yeah. ACL, which was true. So I'm sure that didn't take him long to figure that out. And then Leonard Fournette also gets a hamstring injury. And then late in the game, Levante David hurts yeah. a foot. And, uh-huh. as, uh, and Patrick O'Connor got what appears to be a significant knee injury as well. So since then, Godwin and O'Connor have gone on injured reserve. We know that, o- that Godwin is done for the year. Yep. O'Connor maybe as well. It's a bit of an underrated loss. We we could talk. We will talk about Chris yep. and what a loss that is. But Patrick O'Connor's loss is obviously getting overshadowed by that. He was our leading snap taker on special
2: teams. Right. He and played he, on
1: like 85 percent
2: of them. And and that's a crucial part of the game, right? Well, now. Well,
1: you have to find somebody else to pick those snaps up.
2: And that's and where.
1: Well, I mean, one, one option, although it's not the exact same type of player, is, uh, you know, Justin Watson has been practicing the last few weeks, uh-huh. and he could come off PUP, and he's a pretty good special teams player. Yeah. That could help, potentially, if they decide to activate him. Have to decide whether to put um, the other guys, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, and uh, Levante Levante on into reserve because if you put on into reserve you're out for three games.
2: Right. And we only have three games, three games left.
1: So you want to do it now if you're going to do it mm-hmm. so that you can hopefully get them back in time for the playoffs, assuming the Buccaneers do Make lock the up playoffs. a playoff spot, which yeah. is almost a
2: certainty by the math. Yeah, by the math.
1: Uh, so
2: I, Mike, w- I will feel better once it's done.
1: I think it seems like the general thought is that Mike Evans is the closest of those to coming back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it would be nice. This is not the reason why you would bring Mike e- Evans back at all, but it would be cool if he gets to play in one or two more games because he's 101 yards away from... His eighth straight thousand yard season.
2: Right. Well, maybe just have him do like 50 yards a game for the next three. You know, he gets 50. I don't think he's playing this. Go game. ahead, rest him. I don't, think, no, he's playing this I don't think so. He hadn't been on the practice field. So.
1: You know, we've seen a, little, a few things like uh, last year with Antonio Brown at the end when they were flipping him the little passes uh-huh. so that he'd, he'd hit a certain incentive. Sure. Guys and coaches are aware of those things and will, if it works within the game plan, yeah. could help out with that.
2: TB12's really big on that, too, by the so way. He's even
1: said that. If if Evans was in the in the game in the last couple of weeks and, and he was real close to 1,000, I think they would probably try to make an effort to get him the ball as mm-hmm. long as it didn't hurt your chances of winning. Right. But I do not believe in any way that the Buccaneers will base their decision on does yeah. Mike get to play in any of these games on that that number?
2: I think it's all going to be on his health. That's what they're going to. Well, you just an don't, eye on.
1: And, yeah. and it'll be, it'll be situational too. The Buccaneers only only need one more win in their last three, or the Saints to lose, mm-hmm. uh, and, and even, one of their last three. And even, And by the way, the Saints just went to their fourth quarterback.
2: Yep, and they're playing Miami, who's on a seven-game win yeah. streak. So
1: Taysom Hill is on the COVID list, so now they're going to start Ian Book, yep. who's a rookie, something like a sixth round or something. Uh-huh. I think Notre Dame maybe. Uh-huh. So. Um, any win by us, any loss by them, and even if we lose out and they win out, there are still, like, five or six more things that have to happen for the Bucs to not make the playoffs. If you go on one of those playoff calculators, like 538, right. the Bucks and a couple other teams, well, the, the Packers have clinched, uh, are like their number is, like, greater than 99% chance they're going to make the playoffs. So just by the math, not us being cocky, it's most likely the Bucs are going to make the playoffs. There's, a, there's an issue of seeding,
2: sure. but
1: how much, how important is that? And we're actually going to get into that because we have a question this week about that, so I won't go too deep into it. Good. But that's what you're looking at here. And that's why, and you've probably seen when you clicked on this link, we asked, and we're pleased that he said yes, John Spitek, our Vice President of Player Personnel, to come on the show with us this week. Uh, We usually get players, sometimes other guys. Yeah. Um, But we thought he would be a really good guy to give us some insight in what happens. What what does the personnel staff and the coaching staff, how do they handle a sudden rash of injuries right now, late in the season, you can't make a trade. There's not a lot of guys out there that are of much value, or they'd already be on a team or a practice squad. Right. And, but you have to do something to keep this train moving forward. So I we thi- want
2: to ask him what that's like. Sure, because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking it's just like fantasy football. You can't really <laughs> grab people just yet. But perhaps you will figure something out, which guy you need I can
1: tell you from <laughs> I can tell you, Jeff, that right now if you had a fantasy team and you lost Chris Godwin, Yeah, I'd be crying. You're
2: not finding another Chris Godwin yeah, out there. No, I'm crying because we
1: lost him now.
2: Uh, and, and he's a great guy. You know, oh that, yeah, that,
1: it's just the timing for him is not awesome either. No,
2: it's very very difficult. He was franchised this year. He accepted the franchise. Well, he had no choice, but you but know, he also didn't have
1: he didn't have any bad attitude. Yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, he was fine. because it is a good year salary, sure. And he knew he could bet on himself and still be good in the long run, which he most certainly he did. did. It's just yeah. that this knee injury complicates matters.
2: Slows it up a little bit. Yeah,
1: I don't want to rank like one to fifty three. Who would be the hardest player to lose? I think that's kind of would be kind of rude. Uh, and so, I'm not gonna say that there he's necessarily the the first or one of the top five guys you couldn't stand to lose, uh-huh. but losing Chris Godwin is obviously very
2: difficult, yep, because he does so much for this offense he, not only that, but there's a great comfort level with him and Tom, yeah, yeah, you know, and that and that you know when you're in when you know like when you need that that play. A lot of times it was Chris or it, it was Mike Evans. In fact, Mike made a fantastic play, and you thought, okay, here we go, and then he limps off the field, and we didn't move after that. So,
1: Yeah, it, it's hard, and I think there's been some the, – the coaches have talked about this a little bit. When you lose your top three offensive skill position players, because those are our three most productive guys. Sure. Godwin's uh, right around 1,000 yards. No, he's around 1,100 yards. Um, Lenny Fournette with – from yards from scrimmage is yeah. like 1,200, and Mike's getting close to 1,000. Those are your three most trustworthy, most involved, most productive guys, and they all yeah. go down at once. You, you, now you're, you're asking guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, uh, Jalen Darden, Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. so on, to jump immediately into roles they were not expecting and maybe didn't get a chance to
2: prepare for on the practice squad. Right, and they're not the type of player. And they're not the same d- player. Yeah, it's a different player. So, so you
1: can't go, okay. G- you start doing
2: this. Jalen yeah.
1: Darden, you go in there, get in the slot, and then go in motion, come to the end of the line, and block that defensive yeah. end. You're not going to do that, but Chris Godwin could do that. Scotty Miller, you need to grow about eight inches. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Scotty Miller's mean, got his strengths. Yeah, he does. So now you have a week. To prepare with those, those guys on the practice field, yep. as Bruce Arians said, put them in a specific role. Make your game plan. They know what's coming. They know what they're supposed to do. And they're, they're going to try to make have them do things that play to their strengths. Right. But Chris Godwin, again, the best way that the Bucks offense has worked this year, largely because of how teams are choosing to play us, and they don't want to give us a lot of those no-risk-it-no-biscuit downfield yep, shots. Yep. The Bucks, Tom Brady, uh, brilliantly um, adjusted to that and has been absolutely brilliant on short, quick passes. Uh, just the numbers for him are off the chart on that kind of offense. And that's because that's what the Bucks have needed to do, and he's done it fantastically to the point he still leads the league in touchdown passes and passing yards, even though we can't get the ball downfield as much. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's a really testament is. to the coaches, yep. to the personnel that we have that was capable of doing so many different things, and, of course, to Tom Brady. Now you don't really have as much flexibility, though
2: right got to got to adapt
1: you got to adapt Antonio Brown being back should help but i think it could take him a while to get his legs back
2: yeah i think well i it, again it could be a safety valve it could be something you know you have to pay attention to the defense has to pay attention to, to AB coming back in well in the long people, run yeah.
1: in the long run i think he's the best option to replace some of the stuff that mm. Chris Godwin was giving you not the blocking necessarily no. but the um but the quick passes that you can make stuff with think of the uh, the 46 yard touchdown he had against I can't remember who, but he caught a crossing route and then turned on the Jets. That's just before he got hurt.
2: Yeah. He's been gone three. three He's he's been gone eight
1: eight games. Eight games. Because he missed five games uh, with the injury and then the three on the suspension. So I don't remember which team it was, but he caught a quick pass. It was here here at Raymond James Stadium, and he caught a quick pass and turned it up. Maybe it was...
2: Uh, That's so many. Eight games ago. Jeez. In any case...
1: He he's Chris Godwin is second in the league right now. Obviously, he won't stay there. Behind Cooper Cup and Yak yards after yeah, the catch. Right. Which shows you that Tom Brady can get him the ball quickly, and he can make stuff happen. I think how many times we've been like third and eight, and they throw that little slant or quick screen to him, yep. and he's weaving through traffic and pushing through tackles at the end and getting it past the sticks.
2: Yep. So much that he does for this offense. No. And that's... It'll, it'll be fun to watch, because this game coming up against the Carolina Panthers, their defense... Two, they rank. They're second two?
1: in the league in yeah.
2: yards. Okay, it's
1: more like thir- top sixteenth or fourteenth in points, which okay, is really so what matters. So they're they're like, good.
2: They're top ten. They're very good. Yeah,
1: but so we we put four hundred eighty eight yards on a Buffalo defense that was ranked first when they came in here.
2: So well, well, that's that's what, I'm, that's what makes the Saints game so frustrating. It does. You look at you look at it's you know you were you know the Indianapolis Colts you played tough you you know Buffalo you pl- played tough, um, it's it, but. You know what? We've been through clunkers during um, seasons before. It kind of reminded me of that Oakland game back in '99. Got really spanked and ended up going to the uh, NFC Championship See, game. That's the one I always use. Yeah, well, but because it was so. It was like everybody, you know, it was like we'd won six games in a row. Right. Oakland was something like six
1: and seven Gosh, at that point. Yeah, but um, we have a much more recent example now, Jeff. Just last year, 38 to three, Sunday Night Football yep. against the Saints. Uh, do you know where the Bucks went to play their next game after that one?
2: Uh, Carolina. Carolina.
1: <laughs> and not only did – I remember watching the, the end of current this summer, which uh-huh. you, you could dig it up. It's still awesome. From that quarter of the season, that demoralizing loss to the Saints on prime time. Then the following week, there were some issues. I can't remember exactly what they were, maybe injuries. And then the, the, the issue with the plane. Which was delayed like seven yeah. or eight hours. Seven,
2: eight hours. And yes. so
1: the team doesn't even get to their hotel in Charlotte till after midnight and everybody thought, Oh, this is gonna be rough for the Buccaneers yeah. and the Bucks like no problem. Rojo had that fine. ninety some 98, plus ninety eight yards yep. team record. Yep. And we won forty six twenty three. There you go. So as we have tried to say many times, as much as yep. games like that hurt. Yep. They do not necessarily predict what's going to happen the next week. Well, the si-
2: injuries are more of a problem. Yes. Let's just say this. The Saints may have our number during the, uh, <laughs> during the regular season. But if you look, if you've got to win one against the Saints, best to make it in January. We
1: won the best one, but I yeah. still kind of would prefer not to play them again in the playoffs. Uh,
2: you think they'll make it? I, I don't think they get in. I think San Francisco is going to jump ahead. Well, but they're right there. Yeah. yeah. They're
1: tied for the last spot
2: right now. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah,
1: I. So you can't really count any of those
2: teams. No, up. San Francisco's no. in the
1: fifth, in the sixth spot right now.
2: Yeah, they're playing hot right now.
1: They are hot. Yep. So um, that game also really probably made it very unlike the Bucks game, uh-huh. very unlikely that the Buccaneers will get the number one seed. Right. Which now suddenly would be even more helpful because it'd be one more week for all your injured guys to no get back. Question. You remember when the Buccaneers won their first Super Bowl in '02? They had to win at Chicago. It was actually in Champaign, Illinois, yep. and they had to get a couple of other things to go their way, and those things went their way during the day. I think one of them was the Jets winning, mm-hmm. and so the Buccaneers went into that game knowing they could they would get a first round by with the second seed if they won. Yep, five field goals, fifteen nothing. Derek Brooks interception, Bucks win. Yep, and they get the second seed, and the quarterback for that game was Sean King, I think, uh-huh. because Brad Johnson earlier in December had suffered a back injury, which was actually a fracture yes. in his back. And he probably would not have been able to play in the f- in the wild-card round had the Bucks had to play then. That extra week allowed us to get yep. our Pro Bowl that year, Pro uh-huh. Bowl quarterback, right. back. That could be a similar scenario this year with all our injured guys. But at now, because the Bucks lost and the Packers won again, and because the Packers have a much better conference record, Green Bay has to lose two of their remaining games for the yeah, Bucks to have tough. a shot. Yeah, if the tough. Bucks run the table, Green Bay went, loses two or three, you also have to worry about a three-way tie with Dallas getting in there. Yep. Um, but if if Dallas then, loses a game, yeah. then then the Bucks can still get the one seed. But the the main problem there is Green Bay playing, I believe, Cleveland, which has its problems right now. Minnesota, but it's in Lambeau, uh-huh. and then at Detroit. I don't see two losses there. No. Especially the way Aaron Rodgers
2: is playing no
1: no 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 but and they're actually getting a little healthier they've been through some bad injuries this year like david bakhtiari mm-hmm. um their great cornerback jair alexander i think he might be coming back or is already back
2: that's that's one of the things that once you get into the playoffs i mean you don't get to buy but didn't need it last year you, you didn't need it last year and it Mathematically, as you say, we should at least play one home playoff.
1: Game. As long as we win the division. Yeah. Now, if you can get the two seed, which is much more doable, sure. Then um, you, if you're guaranteed that if you win your first game, you get a second home game. Yeah. So the two seed is a lot more valuable than the three seed. Right. But that's going to be something that the coaches are going to have to factor in over the next few weeks. If the Bucks clinch, let's say, and I'm certainly not counting on this, but no. let's say the Bucks win this weekend and clinch the division, how important is it to you to chase? the two seed or possibly the one seed compared to do you bring guys back do you rest certain guys that kind of thing
2: well i think um, i think it's because of the teams you're playing you may not need your full force guys to yeah but to go. we don't
1: want to take anything for granted though no you sure. can't
2: you can't and and i don't i'm not a big fan of resting players because i don't think our coaches are either yeah i i just i've seen it and then people are flat and yeah. it's kind of like
1: I'm kind of okay with. Let's say it's week 17 and there's nothing to play for, and in the second half you're like, you know sure. what, that's enough. Let's yeah. get Tom
2: Brady out. Kind of there. treat it like a like your third preseason game. Yeah, there game. you go. That's that's what <laughs> my thinking is. Get guys in, let them play a little bit, keep them loose. But you can't play scared. No, you can't. So, no, if you, no, you play scared. That's, that, that's when things, bad things happen. Oh,
1: you know what I forgot to do? What? And we need to talk about the Pro Bowl, too. Okay. But um, I want to make sure we don't skip that. Sure. Uh, I, I like to make us say what our favorite thing from every game is.
2: And, oh, it's really right.
1: hard with this one, right? Right. I, I'll go first. All right. Jordan Whitehead was back. I think Jordan Whitehead is one of the more underrated players. On this team, uh-huh. I think he's had a fantastic season. He missed two games with a calf injury he suffered in practice, and he came back in. And if you wonder if he made an impact or not, watch. I, I probably advise this every week, but watch Rondé Barber's film session this week. This is awesome. Breaking down Jordan Whitehead, yep. showing the like the energy level he plays with and the impact he makes. He was a big part of the Buccaneers giving up only 215 yards, yep. only 3.5 yards per play, which is really low. 11 first downs, no touchdowns. The defense played its best game of the year. And Jordan Whitehead being back was right in the middle of it. Yeah. So that's mine.
2: Yeah. No, that you really had to dig deep, but that's a really, really <laughs> good one. Mine was Snoop Dogg was in the house.
1: <laughs> I got the hand of a microphone. Yes,
2: yes. I, you got boxed out of your position. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how that worked. How did, how did Casey get Snoop Dogg and you got boxed out? Oh, uh,
1: well, I mean, the, you could only have two people up there. Well, I understand. And she's more of the interviewing person. Oh, okay. My role up there is more getting interviewed. We're okay. talking about the pregame and halftime shows. Sure. Were you were you, disapp- were you
2: disappointed you didn't get a one on one with?
1: No, with no, 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 no. Okay. I I probably would have been a little bit nervous, uh-huh. you know, because I'm a fan.
2: Yeah.
1: And I I was joking that I I, I should, when he comes to get the mic, should I try to impress him by singing all of his parts in nothing but a G thing? Yeah, look at you. Because I can do it. By yeah. the way, he, I can
2: sing almost that whole album. Really? Or, or
1: a it, I guess. Wow.
2: The Chronic the, by Dr Dre. The um. It's funny that he, uh, watching him enter the field, it was like the fans went nuts when he came out.
1: <laughs> he did a lot, too. He, he, d- he
2: really made the rounds. I will say this. he, um, I did not get to meet him. I wouldn't say I met him, either. I well, handed
1: him a microphone, and well, he didn't
2: say anything to okay, me. <laughs> okay, okay. But he was very, very gracious on the sidelines because oh, my guys all got pictures uh, with Snoop okay, okay. And they were like, sh- and I'm looking at them going, seriously? <laughs> you know, really? And I go, never oh, do that. Only chance I had. And he was very, very <laughs> gracious. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. And, you know, he's a big fan of ours right now. And um, unfortunately, we didn't give him the best performance. But, hey. That was mine, Snoop Dogg.
1: Okay. Um, and and uh, one thing to note, though, about losing to the Saints is, is, so we lost both our games to the Saints this year. Did you I, remember I, that we lost both of our games to the Saints in 2002 and yep, 2020 as I well? Did, I knew, well, it was funny about <laughs> Maybe that. Maybe we
2: need to lose in the regular season. It's him. funny It's funny you bring that up because uh, one of the radio guys for the Saints said to me before the game started, hey, listen, it's not a bad thing if if we win, being the Saints. And he brought that up. Both times, you guys lost to us, you went to the Super Bowl. So, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not superstitious, but I do need something to feel good about that game, <laughs> so that's what I'm feeling good all right, about. Well, you know, that's the first time,
1: just to give you an idea of how good the defense was and, and how weird that result is, that's the first time all year that we've lost at home. Yep. It's the first time we've committed five or fewer penalties and lost. It's the first time we've had a positive time of possession and lost. It's the first time we've held opponents to less than 20 points and lost. It's the first time we've rushed for over 100 yards
2: in the game and lost. We had a lot of the formula there. We just couldn't move the ball in the, in the air. Uh, it, it's like Dave Moore said. If you would have brought up, hey, the Saints are only going to score nine points, yeah. you'd bet the farm on that game, e- thinking that you're there's, you know, no way is the top-ranked offense going to get shut out i think what we need to do is not wear our
1: pewter pants with a colored jersey
2: pewter that, and red
1: we're zero and three in either red and pewter or pewter over pewter really but we're two and oh in the red and white which was first time in a decade or
2: more we've used i like those. that look
1: and we're six and one with the white over pewter and two and oh with white
2: over white where what are we on pewter pewter 0 o- and d- 1, 0 and 1. Yeah, we're 0 oh. and 2. I right like pure. that. I like that alternate. The pure pure is awesome. Yeah, I I think that's very very cool. Otherwise,
1: I kind of like the white on white.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're 2 and 0 in those. Wow. Well.
1: we're definitely wearing a white jersey this week because I can I can tell in the practice field.
2: How crazy is that? That how so many? What did, what does Tom Brady have in losses since he's been a Buccaneer? Nine losses. Something like that?
1: Uh, we lost five in the regular season last year. Okay. And a, yeah,
2: nine. Okay, nine. Out of those nine losses, four, four of them the Saints. are against the Saints. Yeah. So half of his loss, almost half of his losses.
1: I'm sure that he's
2: How crazy quite is aware that? of that. How crazy is that?
1: It is. It does not make a lot of sense, other than what I was saying earlier, that they're just good.
2: Yeah, you know, well, they are. You, you, you have to give props there. Food. But at the end of the day, it's all good.
1: Uh. That's the first team that's ever beaten Tom Brady without scoring a touchdown.
2: Yep. <laughs> oh, back on Whitehead, Rondae,
1: I uh, was just going through some of my notes that we might have skipped. Rondae called uh, Jordan Whitehead a angry elf.
2: Oh. <laughs> because
1: he said, he's bigger than I was. I was kind of an angry little elf. And he was. Yeah. he's more like a bigger angry elf. I like
2: that. An angry <laughs> elf. <laughs> uh,
1: Godwin, to give you an idea of how much Godwin, mi- we missed him uh-huh. in, that, in that game. He left the game 90 seconds of game time into the second quarter. And by the end of the day, was still our leader in receiving yards. Wow. That tells you how important he was and how much he was missed. Um, uh, okay, also, oh, the Pro Bowl. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. All right. Okay, because that came out on Wednesday, and this yeah. is going to be posted on Friday, so fans okay. have had a chance to see this. Uh, five Pro Bowlers, for Pro Bowlers for the Bucks. Okay. which is their most since 2015, but really their most since '02, because the 2015 year was the one where, like, we got three alternates, including Jameis as a rookie at the last minute. Right. This is the first time since '02 in the original vote that the Buccaneers have had at least five. Okay. So that's, that's good, right? That's very good. And it's probably what we've been talking about since the Super Bowl. Will the Bucs get a Super Bowl bounce from this? Yes. And Tom Brady, who somehow did not make the Pro Bowl last year, which is ludicrous, is back in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he is. Shaq Barrett is back. Which is great. Yep. I think I think he's having a great season. I just didn't know if it was going to be recognized since yep. he's not at ten sacks yet. Right. So I'm pleased by that one. But definitely the biggest story here is that three starting Buccaneers offensive linemen made the Pro bowl.
2: Unbelievable. And and the surprise one to me was Ryan Jensen. A, w- a welcome surprise. Yes, a welcome surprise. But I was surprised by that by that one. Tristan, you know, Tristan's been it's because he's just he's a a phenom that there's just it's unbelievable how good he is. Tristan got and he deserves it, but it worked out well for him because he started getting buzzed
1: right away when he was a rookie, and And, he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so he got all that, and then and people were raving about him the entire year, and a lot of that, like you said, was in high leverage situations or a lot of viewers, a lot of other teams watching. A lot of so when he came back this year and continued to dominate, sure. He became just the eighth Buccaneer to make the Pro Bowl in one of his first two seasons. Yep. See how many of the other ones you can guess.
2: Wh- who made it after?
1: Buccaneers who made the Pro Bowl in one of their first two years. All Most of them have been since you've been working with or around the team. Yeah. Uh,
2: two y- I don't think Sapp made it in his first two years, did he? It was his third year. It was his third year. Brooks. I'm just thinking of who who I would. Derek Brooks was his third year. Okay, wow. In their second year, mm-hmm. uh, Brad Johnson.
1: No, uh, he wasn't. Even, he wasn't even close to being in his second year when okay. he made it with the. F- I mean, he. I'm talking about as a Buccaneer. As a Buccaneer, he'd already been to the Pro Bowl with the with the
2: Washington Jeff Christie. Team.
1: No, you're you're definitely going about I, this the I, wrong I, way. Those I are guys
2: at the end of their careers. I know. I have no idea. All right. I, well, they are free agents. That's why I was thinking that they came as to the Buccaneers second year. But you say second year in the league. In the league. Part. Okay. I have no idea.
1: Okay. Well, the first one was way back Hugh
2: Green. He got uh, it in the '80s. He, yeah. he got it. Yeah. he got it in his second year. Okay.
1: Um, let me see. I get the whole list. Down. Leroy Selman. No, it was actually – it wasn't until his fourth year, the same year he won um, Defensive Player of the Year in okay. 1979. The list is Hugh Green in 1983. He was an 82 draft pick. All right. Mike Allstott and worked Dunn in 97. It was wow. Allstott's second year and Dunn's first. Martin Gramatica, believe it or not. Really? Because it was only his second year in 2000 when he made it.
2: I am, I am very embarrassed by this. Continue. Uh,
1: this one I would have guessed – th- by the way, what I would have been able to think of without looking it up would have been Allstott and Dunn. This one, Clifton Smith – Oh, yeah. Remember? The,
2: yep. He, because I there was a big story because Peanut? he was only... Huh? Was it Peanut? No. No.
1: He's just his name's Clifton Smith. But he, yep. he was the kick returner, the undrafted free agent who ended up being like only the second guy ever to make a Pro Bowl as an undrafted rookie. The other one was uh, a former cowboy whose name is escaping me right now, a defensive back in like the 70s. Um, and then running back Doug Martin okay. as a rookie in 12, yeah. and he, James he Winston that. as a rookie in 15. So it's a short list. Wow. It takes a while for guys to get that all the way up to that Pro Bowl recognition, yeah. except in some cases where, and that's especially true with an offensive lineman who doesn't have stats. Sure. When Doug Martin runs for 1,454 yards yeah. or something like that as a rookie, it's easy to see why he made the Pro Bowl,
2: right? Yeah. And then you look at uh, how excited can you be for Alexander Marpet. I, yes. Uh, that was the best one for me, personally. Yeah,
1: And actually both Allie and... Uh, Ryan Jensen were saying when they talked today that for both of them was actually pretty darn emotional.
2: Yeah, well, they didn't come from big powerhouse schools either. That's true. Colorado State, Pueblo. Oh yeah, Pueblo. And Hobart. And Hobart. And so, kind of shows what the NFL is all about. No matter where, you, no matter where you go to school and you play football, if you're good, someone's watch. Someone will find you.
1: Yeah, that's for they sure. They
2: will find you. So. You know, because you have so many kids Uh-oh. that you know, Division three, Division two schools, you know, there is a chance. I the mean, guy we
1: had on a couple of weeks ago, Pierre Desir. Um, Uh what was his school? I can't even remember. Right. but it, he was like the first guy I ever drafted out of that school. Uh-huh. But they found him, like sure. you said.
2: Sure, and they, and they will, and and those those are important. But I was I was happy for Ali. I'm very very happy and a uh, brief conversation i had with alley uh, after he did his pc i just wanted to say hey congratulations we did a lot of stuff with him when he was a rookie and i brought up uh, donovan smith i said how's donny doing and he goes he's disappointed however he's really really happy for us yeah and and you know that's a that's a close knit group yeah sure it's they they and as excited as those guys are for them getting it, they feel bad for him, but Donnie's such a class act that he's just, yeah, uh, uh, it, it, he gets it. Yeah, we but need it's to, unfortunate. We need to talk about Donovan Smith now.
1: You know, when you see the Buccaneers or any team get three out of their five offensive line starters, that's obviously a huge win, right? It's a great thing, it's a great thing for those guys, it's a great thing for the team. First time the Bucks have ever had that. Um, three of them in the same year. It doesn't happen to many teams very often at all. But it also, it's not a loss, but it also shines a light on, when you say, hey, three of the five guys made it, you're like, oh, the two that didn't make it or right. Donovan Smith and Alex Kappa. Yep. Right. And I just, I'm troubled. I'm glad that Ali Marpet, after years of not getting enough recognition, yep. uh, got it. But I'm troubled by the apparent perception of Donovan Smith uh, because he wasn't even an alternate by the way. Uh, and I'm sorry, but he's playing great. Right. But I think what happened, and we've talked about this before for years, really how there is a difference, a big difference in how Donovan Smith is perceived outside this building and how he's perceived inside, inside the building. building. Right. And th- he has repeatedly it has repeatedly been shown that the Buccaneers value him very highly, including a couple di- new contracts. So somewhere along the line in the early going, maybe it was because he took an, uh, more penalties and that, than, than you should early on in his career, and those are, tend to be very visible things that fans right. remember and other teams remember. Somewhere along early in his career, there was this narrative that Donovan Smith wasn't very good. I don't think that was ever true. I agree. But I think it's quite clear that he has gotten a lot better – in the last couple of years, to the point that he's now playing so well that he should be recognized for that, but there's still this, I think, this lingering perception that he's not that good.
2: You don't, you don't, if you're not playing well at that position, you're not getting the second contract. Dude. And you're not lasting very long, because they're trying to replace you.
1: That dude has been the starting left tackle for seven years, almost never missing a snap for the team hasn't been good that whole time but the offense has been good almost that entire time uh-huh. so a very good offense and now on a very good team you're the starting left tackle for 7 years it's like you just said that simply would not happen unless you're a good player yeah.
2: you are getting replaced somewhere along that line no i mean you it's 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 so obvious it's painful it, and you brought it up last week and it just it just might be that it's it's you know paul gruber yeah. As great as he played for as many years as he's been. He's now, our new little, Paul Gruber. Yeah, a little different for Paul because the teams weren't very good, and he was the best player on the team. Um, and then and when they nev- did get good, it was towards the tail end of his yeah, career. Yeah, never made the playoff because he broke his leg <sighs> at the Chicago well, game. Well, he, he was there in 97. Okay.
1: He got to play two playoff games okay. in 97. Didn't get to go, yeah. His career it ended, ended. Is, yeah, in the 99 season finale. Yeah. And uh, he broke
2: his leg. That was an emotional time for the team. I remember in the locker room. Yeah, that. But but that's the that's the thing. For whatever reason, a player will get a t- and, and, and yeah. it's, it goes both ways. Like a player will get a tag that they're really, really a good player, and they are really they're well. Sometimes they yeah. are, but sometimes it's not, yeah. seven years later sure. they're not
1: the same guy yet they're still getting promoted Ru- in the Pro Bowl. Every yeah, year.
2: right, right. So. That's not
1: the case with Tom Brady, by the way, who no. now owns the record. For 15 10, Pro Bowls yeah. and it is leading the league, as I well, said. you know,
2: you play 22 years, you're bound <laughs> to get a Pro Bowl here and there.
1: He needs to. He's played in 10 Super Bowls in his first 21 years. That's crazy. Can you believe that? So if he makes another one, he will have played in the Super Bowl every other season on average that, in his career. It,
2: <laughs> 11 yeah. of 22. Every other year, you're going to the Super Bowl. Basically, half your career. It's crazy. Half your career, you've gone to the Super Bowl. Great. Yeah. You're right. It is. If any player in the league would kill for that. Yeah. So we're very proud of our, our guys that made the Pro Bowl and and um you know, we'll see what happens next year. All yep. Right. And then uh what are you ready to go? No, well it's up to I you. I got one more we're, we're, You're good.
1: We're gonna talk with the Bucks signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh huh Part of this trying to readjust after all these injuries. Yeah. I think
2: uh we'll ask um John Spitek about that a little bit. Yeah, but I'm, I'm curious about how, how he got on there, right I look at the... Um, was, I didn't even... I, I thought he was going to go into boxing. Well, I he thought, thought he was going to go into boxing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. I
1: didn't know that, but um, he hadn't played since early in the year, I think, five games maybe with Baltimore. Yeah, he did. And as he told us yesterday, he had been training for boxing and pretty much felt like he probably wasn't going to play anymore and was going to transition into boxing, and he said... Really, the only situation he was interested in was this one.
2: Well, and I guess if you're a guy that out, that's out there, you can see... Well, you you're got you got a chance to win and if you're going to go through all of this all of this uh work and whatever you know you're, you want to try to win and when you get older in your career that's what you're looking for and
1: you you know you're
2: probably going to make the playoffs yeah. this
1: is the team that won the Super Bowl last year so they have to be in the conversation for that you hope and you get to play with Tom Brady and you get to play with again Antonio Brown your teammate in Pittsburgh yeah. I mean, I could see the draw and I think probably the fact that he's an accomplished pass catcher was part of it and I'll ask John that um but he, you know, because he's had some really big pass catching sure. seasons, and now you're without Leonard and you're without Giovanni Bernard.
2: He's or, an amazing story when you think about it. Is when he was with Pittsburgh, he sat out a year because he didn't think the money was worth it.
1: Well, it was he did He was one of these guys that yeah. doesn't like the franchise tag thing, and right. I think he tried to be the first one to go that route because uh-huh. you don't have a lot of options. No, and I believe he thought, and he was right that if he sat out that season and the the and if the Steelers never caved, uh-huh. then. Um, after that, they probably wouldn't franchise tag him again, and then he'd get the big contract he wanted. Sure, he did end up getting a pretty decent contract from the Jets, but didn't make it through that. No, and also obviously never recouped the money he lost when For he sat out. Right. Uh, so, um, in retrospect, it didn't really work out.
2: But, but he, I thought he was interesting that
1: he learned from it. Well, he, I think he acknowledged that it didn't work out uh-huh. because yesterday he said, "If I went back." and still didn't know what i know now if i didn't know what was going to uh-huh. happen to my career i'd probably do it again he said the only thing he would change is that he would be less public about it he right. wouldn't be on social media social he'd media. try to do it yeah. a lot more quiet sure.
2: which i thought was interesting yeah well that's that's maturity
1: and he but he but that also obviously acknowledges the fact that he knows it didn't really work out right. and i'm not sure that i i imagine there's some players out there that are kind of grateful he tried it so right. They, right. you know he could have actually Shown the way to something new. Uh-huh. Um, it didn't work out that way, though. No. So I know that most players don't like this franchise tag thing, but they didn't get rid of it in the uh, new no. C B A, so that's here to stay. Here to here stay is, here to, for
2: another 10 years at least. Um,
1: I, I guess that's about all I got. Okay. Unless you want to talk about the Panthers a little bit, but we've been going on for a while now, haven't we? Uh, um, all I'll
2: say about the Panthers is uh, win.
1: they have a very good defense. defense. Their ed- strength is their edge rushers. Yep. Um, Hassan Reddick. And Brian Burns combined for 20 sacks. And Brighton Burns is like a homegrown guy that keeps getting better.
2: Right. I think he might have made the Pro Bowl. Sam Darnold is uh, uh, available.
1: Well, actually, I think yesterday, I was looking at their clips. I believe that um, Coach Matt Rule said that Darnold would be
2: activated. Yep.
1: And that Cam Newton would start, but that
2: Darnold would also play. Yeah. So. Or, or
1: vice versa, one of those well, two. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't be surprised to see him start Darnold and use Cam around the goal and line. And don't forget that they changed their offensive coordinator in uh, in Charlotte. So and it's weak, in like early this month, yeah, so they're
1: trying to run the ball more actually, uh-huh. which
2: I which don't know doesn't play well to us, but that's good.
1: Well, our run us. defense has been a
2: little that's bit a suspect, shaky yeah.
1: in the last month or two, but uh, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They put their starting center, who's actually their second starting center of the year, on COVID list on Thursday. Yeah, uh, so they've got some issues they're dealing with too, including like you mentioned the quarterback thing yeah you know again on paper it looks like a very a game the Bucs have a good chance of winning but I don't know if I trust that paper I don't
2: trust anything anymore I just play the games
1: until it's done
2: man until it's done right
1: Um, but I do think uh, the Bucks' defense is maybe starting to peak at the right time yep and their offense has not been particularly good they don't have Christian McCaffrey
2: you DJ Moore's dealing with a eh, hamstring injury hey it's a division game you need to beat them they need to beat your division. We need to get pressure yep. on
1: the quarterback. We need to get some sacks. We need some turnovers.
2: So play the game.
1: Someday. All right, Jeff.
2: The good news is it's a one o'clock game.
1: You want to get on to uh, Mr. Spitek now? Yes. Let's and then do we'll it. come back and answer the fan questions in our third segment.
0: The Salty Dogs.
1: And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. I'm still Jeff Ryan. And now we have with us our very special guest of the week, someone we're very pleased to agreed to be on with us, especially at this time of the year, that's John Spitek, the Buccaneers, Vice President of Player Personnel. John, I'm sure every single week during a season is very busy, but this one has to be even more so. So thank you for taking some time to give us an idea of what it's been like and and letting the fans know.
3: Yeah, sure, gentlemen. Happy to be here today.
1: So obviously we all know in the game on Sunday night, uh, all these players got hurt. Chris Godwin, who's out for the year, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Levante David, Patrick O'Connor, I'm probably missing one or two. How soon after the final whistle of that game were you and your guys gathering, you and your people gathering and trying to figure out strategies?
3: I think we talked about it at halftime. Halftime, um, wow. I mean, you already knew Mike had what he had and Chris, you know, the, the hit obviously looked pretty bad and, yeah. you know, the first the first initial thought was maybe he'd be okay, but you know, you're not surprised on Monday when you learn that, you know, that's what it was given the kind of the the, the realm of which it happened, so you know we we have a list going into the game of emergency roster spots both for practice squad veteran active roster all of it and so you know we have that as, as an email you kind of look through that and then get with Bobby afterwards and you know he gives you a little bit more of an idea as to what it would be but usually you're you wait till the next day to find out but you got to kind of have a plan in place so you can hit the ground running with travel and COVID testing and all of that this time of year so it you know, the hardest thing was seeing those guys go down, yeah. um, especially Chris and Pat, because they both looked bad in person, and, right. and they were, and you just hate to see it. It's by far the worst part of the game, um, but the show rolls on, yeah. unfortunately, for the, for you know, it's just the way it is, and, you know, no one's going to feel sorry for us. No one's going to care. We have a job to do, and our our job in the personnel department is to have the best roster we can, and so everything yep. was pointing forward to that.
1: Yeah, when you said Bobby, you meant Bobby Slater, head athletic trainer. And yeah. Uh, I was going to say to you the same thing. Obviously, every, every team in the league has injuries, and beyond the personal side of it that you just described, it's part of the game, and nobody's crying for the Buccaneers. But just give us, considering the rash of injuries all at the same time and to the three top producing skill position players all happening at the same time. What's the level of difficulty here, given the time of year and the playoffs being so close?
3: It's tough. I mean, you have to, I think, first come to grips with the fact that we're not going to walk out there and find another Chris or Leonard or Mike. You know, we're just not. It's it's the reality of the situation. And so the next the next question becomes, you know, what can we do from an internal roster standpoint? Who's already in the building that can help fill those roles, do some of the stuff that's required in those spots. And then, what, what's available out there that would fit our scheme, our culture, you know, and, and would be a good addition to the Bucks, all things considered. And so we, we try to do the best we can with that, and sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong, but that's obviously the goal when, when you lose a guy like that is how can we prepare the team to play Carolina this weekend and, and miss as few beats as we can. How, you brought in Le'Veon Bell. So kinda of walk us through that. How does he keep how does he
2: get on your radar considering he he hasn't played in in a few months?
3: So we're I mean, this is this behind the scenes stuff that we're constantly doing and it, it starts with our with our pro scouts, with Rob McCartney, our director, um, Shane and Alex, our assistant directors, and then all the way down to the scouting assistants, we keep a rolling list database of players available, who's worked out when, who's been on rosters. We watch the tape, so we've already watched LeVeon's tape when he was in Baltimore how does it look compared to when we saw him last year with the Chiefs and you always have to be kind of thinking ahead and be ready you know you don't want to be caught totally unprepared because you're going to wake up it's going to be Wednesday and you're still not going to fill some roster spots and you're missing a day and and all that so our guys do a great job of keeping that up to date as much as they can guys get signed you know from into free agency on the practice squad they disappear from the list guys get cut from other practice squads or teams that we have some interest in based on you know, their past performances in the pros or even like what we thought of them in college coming out. They go on the list. Rob ranks the lists every day based on who's, you know, what, when transactions uh, have happened, who's come and gone off that list. And we make the best decision possible for the Bucks. And part of it is what the coaches want, what they're looking for in their schemes.
2: And, uh, and, and they have a say or they're asking you, find this guy, find this kind of guy.
3: Not not this time you year, not specifically the the player but we are very in touch with them about what they want what they need the corner to do or what they need the running back to do in this assistance with levion and what we're what we're looking for you know that's i think the great thing with jason and ba is the line of communication between the two of them is such that they're always on the same page and so it takes nothing more than a couple minute conversation to be like here's what happened here's what we need from ba to jason jason comes to us this is what we're looking for who's out there we have a list we talk together, we pair the list down, we make one choice, this this sense like Levion made the most sense. We mm-hmm. call him, do you want to be a buck? He obviously said yesterday he wanted to be, and you know, twenty four hours later he's out here practicing. Yeah, he, he basically said this was the only team he really would, would come
2: to.
1: Yeah. So uh Leonard Fournette leading the league among running backs in receptions, uh Giovanni Bernard is also on injured reserve. Was any part of the attraction with Le'Veon that he's he's been a good pass catcher in his career and probably good at pass protection?
3: Yeah, I mean sure. I mean there's there's no I mean Lenny I think was either leading the NFL in catches for backs when he got hurt or was, you know, he one was. or two. Yeah. So, you know, clearly like and then Geo has been that's been his other role too, so I mean it's it's not I'm, we're not splitting the atom here or telling any secrets. Like those are the two yeah. guys that we relied yeah. on for that. Right. And so if we're gonna bring somebody in, we need them to be able to do that. You know, and it's not saying that Rojo or Sneak can't sneak Vaughn but you know Lenny was a very accomplished uh pass catcher going all the way back to his college days like I think people don't really realize that but mm-hmm. he certainly was and then Geo's career speaks for itself and so you know that's a big jump from what they're doing to what you know Rojo's been doing and what sneak really hasn't had the opportunity to do yet so you know Le'Veon's experience in that in that part of the offense certainly spoke to us and something that we needed to address
1: you said that there's not a Chris Godwin out there that you can sign to replace Chris Godwin or, or Mike Evans Chris in particular uh, and I know you miss all of those players does so much for the offense is any of the adjustment here to being without Chris and for a while being out without the other guys that you just have to sort of structure your offense differently and is that a discussion you have with the coaches
3: yeah I mean that's not a discussion that I would necessarily have with them I mean I think Jason and VA might talk about that but I think that I mean that's very straightforward. I mean, again, you just can't ask some guys to be Chris Godwin that. You yeah. can't. You know, you can't there's no I mean, how many other 6-5 receivers are there in the NFL right now? So, I mean, you can't just go ask Scotty Miller to do Mike Evans' things, you know? In a sense that you can't ask Mike to do some Scotty Miller stuff, too. So, it's not you know, I think that's where people maybe like, you know, that's our job really is to to kind of see all that and figure out the best plan going forward, and it's the constant Battle in the NFL with the coaches, too. Like, who's available this week? Okay, well, he can do this, and he's not as good at this. And my job at the end of the day is to win, you know, score more points than the other team. And so what can I do to put these guys in a position to be successful? And our job is to give them players that work within the grand scheme of what they're trying to accomplish. So, you know, it's not like we're giving him a guy that he's got no use for. You know, it doesn't mean he can't be a good player, but here he doesn't work. Like, that's our goal is to eliminate that player. All these guys have to have a role. The, with the understanding that there's one Chris and there's one Mike and there's one Antonio and there's one Gronk, right? So yeah.
1: It occurs to me that I started this by asking you how you all back there come up with contingency plans and, and how to move forward from this when really that job probably has been in motion for months and months, and it's kind of the whole idea behind, you know, keeping the band together after the Super Bowl and having all that roster depth these last couple of years, right? I mean, it's, it's kind yeah. of a job that already was in motion,
3: yeah, I mean our goal is to have the best roster possible from 1 to 53 and then load the practice squad up from 1 to 16 with guys that we think if you get in a spot and it's just happens to be heightened this year because guys disappear like that with yeah. with the covid and you you know they walk in one day they're healthy the next day they're not it's nothing it's not an uh you know an injury or anything like that. So our goal is like I said is to just load the roster up as much as possible and one of my mentors in this league Tom Heckert who I worked with for many years his goal was with the draft was, like, we're trying to draft starters. We're not trying to draft backups. You understand that as you get into the later rounds, that becomes increasingly more difficult to find a legit starting player. Sure. But, I mean, you can look at any roster, and they're littered with players that were drafted in the third to the seventh round that end up starting for the team, right? We have the greatest example ever here with Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so, So that's the goal, really, right? And if you do that well, then you can absorb some of that stuff on the front yeah. end, and then Secondarily, if you can evaluate what's out there and, you know, f- available well, you can maybe get guys like Prashad Perriman that kind of become available and you pounce on it. And next thing you know, he's catching game-winning yeah. he touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. um, w- out of everything that you've talked about,
2: what is the hardest part of your job? Uh, and, n- and not and don't say picking players that can play. <laughs> you can't You can't use that one.
3: No, that's fair. You know, I, I do think that the, the constant roster turnover during the season is is very challenging. You know, it comes with sometimes emotion, too, when you see guys like Chris and yeah, Pat get yes, hurt. Yes. And it hurts you, and, you know, sometimes you're just like, I just wish it all could stop for a second we could just yeah. take a breath. But, again, that doesn't happen. And so, you know, and then with that, you know, the three-week injuries, the two-week injuries, like Jordan White had a couple weeks ago, right, he does, he hurts his calf in practice on a Thursday.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
3: if you put him on IR, mm-hmm. they have to be out three games. Yeah. And the the decision had to come down to, our, well, we could put him on IR, but he's going to miss three games then, yeah. or do you kind of, do you take a little bit of a risk here, like he's a fast healer, he's going to work hard, will he make it back? Well, we obviously didn't put him on IR, and he makes it back yeah. in three games, and so that can cause some anxiety, and, you know, there's really no great answer there on the front end of it, but, you know, fizz- f- and the, but you then, you could use the roster spot, because he's not going to be able to play yeah, for a couple yeah. weeks, and like, you could elevate something from the practice squad that could help you, or you know, you just make do with the best you can. And he's just as a, he's a scratch. He's one of the the five guys that are down that week. And, you know, that, that to me, my background is largely in college where everything is just pushed off till April. Right. So, you know, you can kind of like take some time and process it where there's not that time. And it takes up so much of Jason's time and Greenberg's time and Rob McCartney's time and my time just to, Can we get everything set for, you know, Wednesday at 7.30 a.m. when that team meeting starts?
1: You're having to make some of those types of decisions this week, like the one with Jordan. Uh, You've already given us all the time you promised, so thank you very much. But one quick question before you go. In November, you ran the New York City Marathon, and it wasn't just because you love running marathons. It definitely wasn't
3: for that reason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about that, why you did that, and, and what it's helping to accomplish?
3: Yeah, um, my wife and I, and many of the listeners probably have heard us talk about this before, but near and dear to our heart, my wife and I started the National CMV Foundation in honor of our daughter Evelyn, who was born with congenital CMV and ultimately passed away at 21 months um, seven years ago on Christmas Day. So in two days here, we lost her. Um, you know, So it's our, our mission to change the, the narrative on that so families don't have to suffer through what we suffered through and, more importantly, what kids like our daughter suffered through in the 21 months that she was here and so one of our big fundraisers for the foundation has become the Compete for CMV initiative, which is, you know, you can make it a cycle event, a marathon, a half marathon, a Spartan race, a a, a, go or a, um, a Tough Mudder, all yeah. those different <laughs> things, they all work, um, and, and to create awareness and raise some money for it. And so, you know, myself and a, and a group of seven other people, two other CMV dads, and then a group of five other friends ran the New York Mid- City Marathon oh. this year, which we are a uh, charity sponsor with so we get 10 spots a year we used eight of them this year and just raised you know 25 125 thousand dollars nice with a lot of support of people from the buccaneers and the buccaneers organization and brought a lot of awareness to a to a disease to a virus that that really needs it because it's it's a very common occurrence it's the leading cause of viral uh, birth defects and disabilities in this country and eight percent of people know about it and and it's to me it's ridiculous and yeah but you know you got to do something that's my wife and I from the yeah. start when our daughter was born and you realize that this is the course of your life this is the journey and so you can do nothing and nothing changes or you can do something and so she's done amazing work there's tons and tons of families and women that have done amazing work and you know that was my small part to to help was to run 262 and help raise a bunch of money and a bunch of awareness for the for the foundation. And, and that's
1: t- just real quick. The, the website is nationalcmv.org. Nationalcmv.org. C- check org. that out. Yep. Maybe contribute. You
3: can. Tr- yeah, you don't have to wait
2: until you well. run another marathon. Well, I t- I are you going to run another one? I told everybody I'm retired from marathon running, <laughs> <laughs> or at least
3: I'm retired from asking people to yep. give me money to <laughs> run a marathon. That maybe I'll run another <laughs> one, but I'll donate the the minimum fundraising requirement at that point, and you can just you know click on the app and support it me. It or was like not that. that much fun, huh? You know, it, it is a very rewarding experience. The training leading up to it, because you can't just walk out yeah. and run a marathon, is tough, especially in Florida, when it's 85 degrees at, at 6 in the morning or uh-huh. 5 in the morning. But it, it is one of the more amazing things that I think you can accomplish in life. And, um, you know, you teach yourself what you're capable of. It pushes you far beyond physically what you're capable of, which requires a lot of pushing mentally beyond what you're capable of. and you know, a, a thing that after we lost our daughter kind of became for me is like, just keep going, mm-hmm. keep going one step at a time. One keep going. You know, the Winston Churchill quote, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Get and through that's it. that's I mean, in a small sense, like when you're at mile 20 to 26, like you kind of feel like you're in physical hell at that point. <laughs> but you also realize, like, this is temporary. And if I keep yeah. going, I'll make it and I'll be able to accomplish what I set out to accomplish and, you know, hopefully change change the perspective, the narrative, and create some awareness and, and raise some of the money that our foundation needs to operate. Oh, That's well great. done.
1: Thank you very much. And yep. also thank you very much for your time and for giving us a little insight on what it's like, especially in a week like this back there. So I'm sure you got a lot still to get to. So thank you, and, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: You got it, guys. Go Bucks. The Salty Dogs.
1: And we're back here once again on the Salty Dogs podcast for our last segment.
2: Uh, the fun segment.
1: Which uh, Well,
2: John was very good, by the way.
1: Yeah, I know. All I right. figured he would
2: be. Yeah. Good um, stuff.
1: I just really wanted to see what it was like back there. They must be just, I, I, I don't want to use the term scrambling well, because they prepare so much, but yeah,
2: they, they got a lot to do. But it's week. like I, like I brought up. On Le'Veon Bell. You know, how how does he end up on... And so it makes well, me... Well, they've got a list. Yeah, right. I know, but but now it makes me... I, I'd love to see their list. Yeah, you know, you, what what's there, you know?
1: There have been times in the past where their, their lists have been up on, on, on boards, boards in Rob McCartney's yeah. office. It could be that way. I don't think it's a secret as long as, you, as they know you're not going to do anything yeah. with
2: it. Well, we're not allowed back there anymore, yeah, but when that's we were, it was too. always so much fun because it kind of gave you an inkling of which way it was going to go. So. so, here's our first question. Okay. Did we get more questions after answering all the questions?
1: I, for a while, was thinking that maybe I made a mistake because a couple of days ago the inbox was empty. Oh, but it, it, I did end up with some. Okay. Okay. Hey, dogs. Hey. Well, that was an unfortunate game. <laughs> as, I've <Okay>. seen, <laughs> as I've seen multiple times, though, on Twitter, though, each of the previous two seasons we won the Super Bowl, we were swept by the Saints, so maybe this is a good thing. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about. About this that. This is Sam in Nashville, by the way. He's, yep. he's given us letters before. A couple quick questions. In the game, Hill had a designed QB run, which I could have sworn. Devin White tackled him behind the line of scrimmage, but I didn't see him get credit for a sack. If it's a designed run for the quarterback, does that just count as a TFL and not a sack? And the answer is yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. If the quarterback doesn't is clearly running on purpose, not a scramble, but it's designed for him to run, yeah. then you just get a tackle for a loss, not a sack. Mm. And And that leaves it up to the stat crew to decide if no. it was a design run, but generally, you, the, I think the rule of thumb, the best thing they, is, what did the offensive line do? Because if it's a run play, they're blocking down and trying sure. to move guys. Right. If it's a pass play, they're, yeah, they're on their heels and backing yeah. up. and yeah. So you can usually tell. So yeah. there, There's been some disputes, but even if our stat crew or any stat crew gets it wrong, it's later reviewed in New York,
2: and, and if says, they go,
1: come yeah. on, that was clearly a run yeah. play, or that was clearly a pass play, they'll change it.
2: That's so great. they generally
1: get it right in the yeah, long run. There you go. But yeah, your instinct was right there that that's not a sack. Also, in your opinion, when is health a higher we kind of talk about this a little yeah. bit too. When is health a higher priority than a higher playoff seeding? The number 2 seed would be a great would be great to get, but if it's week 18, we've wrapped up the division and we know we can only get the number 3 or 4 seed, would it be better to give all or most of the stars a week off to be more healthy for the playoffs instead of trying to move one spot in the playoff pecking order? I know the coaches will do what's best for the team. Just curious on your thoughts. Understand if you want to defer the question, though. Thanks for the work y'all do and hope you have a, both have a mer- very Merry Christmas. Well, Thank thanks you. to you, you, too. Sam, you too yeah. If that is what you celebrate.
2: Yeah. Um, you want to talk about uh, yeah, that? Yeah,
1: well, I, I think you've already said how you feel yeah, about
2: this. I, you know, it, it, there's a number of folds through this. A- what are the injuries? B, is the injury going to get any worse if they play for that week? Is it going to get any better if they don't play? Um, how many How many there are? You know, how many players you're looking at? Because you can't sit everybody down. You just, there's just no way you can do that. But I think, and I said this before, I'd treat it like a third preseason game. Play them into the half and maybe you put somebody away and then go ahead and rest.
1: Well, this actually, to clarify, Sam is talking is really talking a more broader picture, a broader picture, in that he's talking about not necessarily re- injured guys, just resting as many of your starters yeah, so they no. can't get injured. And no. I don't think our coaching staff would do that. I personally don't like when teams do that. Yeah, I, I don't think it generally helps and sometimes backfires. Uh, it's easy to point. Afterwards, and go see if you hadn't played that guy, you wouldn't have got hurt. And, but you have to live with that possibility;
2: it just simply is
1: there. Also,
2: yeah, no, yeah, you can't you can't do the ifs, whats, and buts in twenty twenty hindsight.
1: So it is true that they're probably, in terms of what you get out of it, there's not a huge difference between the three and four seed. Uh huh. Um, but no. you don't because neither in either case you don't necessarily get a second home game.
2: No, depending d- on
1: what happens with the one and two seeds. Correct.
2: I think it's. But I, I think you just have to sit down and figure it all out. What's best for the team the at question, that moment?
1: What what a fan is going to do? What I'm going to do when looking at it is go. Okay, if we get the four seed, let's, mm. this is hypothetical, but yeah. it is the way it is right now. If you get the four seed, you're playing against the Rams, who've already beaten the Bucks. If you get the three seed, you're playing against say San Francisco, who look really good right now. Very good. Who do you want to face? Right. I don't think coaches playing that way. I don't think they go, "Let's win or lose," because we'd rather play the Rams than the, than the 49ers or whoever. See and.
2: I, don't I I look at it this way when you get to the playoffs, you gotta face the good teams right period, right. So whether you face them early or late, you gotta face those teams. so, just just like last year, everybody go, oh well, you're a wild card, you're gonna be on the road, you're gonna oh, you go to washington you you struggle a little bit in Washington, but you win the game well now you now you go to the Saints. this is all over with you know, pack the bags, get ready to go to Green Bay. The saints are thinking you win that game, then you go up there, and who gave the bucks a chance to beat Green Bay at Lambeau field so I say bring the best teams on early, and if you beat them, then you're <laughs> the good. The exception, Jeff, would be to get the first seed because not sure. having to play. But we, but that's not I, you I, miss. I, you do, you do get to skip one of the teams. Yeah, but I don't see, I don't see us jumping to the number one seed. If you beat, you win. No, no, I don't think it, that's going it, to happen it's either. Not, no, uh,
1: but if you beat, let's say you have to play uh, Matt Stafford in the first sure. round. Sure, um, if you. Don't have to play Matt Stafford in the first round. You might not have to play Matt Stafford in the second round, depending on what happens with the other games. Yeah,
2: you're hoping somebody else beats him. I gotcha.
1: So, I, as a fan, yeah. as a fan, and maybe even myself personally, I, I'm sure I'll be sitting there going, "Man, I hope we play this team and not that team." Yeah. Although I don't see an easy mark out
2: there. Nope. unfortunately. No. Nope. Um, and there's always that wild card team, when, not wild card, wild card, but there's always a team that. You just don't know. It's who's going to get hot. Do you know this?
1: If Green Bay and Kansas City hold on to the one seeds, it'll be the first time since nineteen eighty two and eighty
2: three. I saw that it being number one two years in a row. Yeah, in yeah. both
1: conferences. Sure. I wouldn't have. I would
2: have. I would have assumed there have been sometimes where like when the Dallas was a juggernaut. But, or, but look at it. Well, last year both number one teams didn't win the Super Bowl. Dallas so. and
1: Buffalo played each other three times in the Super Bowl in a short span.
2: Or twice, Buffalo played in four of them, but lost them all. But yeah. two of them were da- to Dallas. Yeah, one was against the first one was against the Giants. Then the other, t-
1: they t- lost two to the Cowboys, one to the Giants, and one to maybe Washington.
2: Yes. It, yeah, I believe it was. I think it was all NFC. Yes, because Thurman Thomas forgot his helmet. <laughs> yeah, but he was on the he, Bills. So how does right, that help Right, because because the Bills faced. Um, Washington. Okay. That's how. That's how. That's I how know. you remember it. Yes. Yeah. It was in uh, the Metrodome.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: the Dallas ones are memorable for like the Leon Lett thing. Yeah. I was there at the '91 oh, cool. or '92 uh, Super Bowl. I was there. It yeah. would have been in '93, but my first year. And was, it was in Minnesota. No, that one, the uh, Dallas Cowboys and Buffalo Bills was at the Rose Bowl. That was oh. my first Super Bowl that I ever went to. It was pretty cool.
1: I went to a couple early in my career, which yeah. started in 92. I remember I went to the one in 95 in Arizona, which was Pittsburgh, that was, Dallas. I
2: was there also. Yeah. I
1: don't remember if I had been to one before that or not. Yeah. I remember going to one in Atlanta, one in Miami. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, you've worked the ones that were here. Sure. Um, okay. All right. Next question from Mike in Connecticut. I think these are the two guys that a few weeks ago I, I messed up who, who oh, said what he question.
2: Oh, flipped them around. So I hope
1: Mike is happy. This is Mike's question. Okay. The last one was Sam's question. All right. Hey dogs, I'm starting to wonder if the Saints have some sort of Bucks or Brady voodoo doll that they bring with them every time they play us. Huh. Not only do we seem to forget how to block catch passes, but half our team went down with injuries. Something spooky is definitely going on here. This is the wrong holiday for this. The theme of this email. This should have been a Halloween. We played. We played the Saints on Halloween. Ah, uh, we did. I hope everyone is okay. But it's almost laughable at this point how much we suck when we play them.
2: Yeah, maybe they're. Maybe we need to go to Marie LeBeau's. <laughs> and, uh, in, uh, in, in, in New, New Orleans, Orleans. And, and figure out what we're doing wrong. Come up with something. Is she a... Um, what? Oh, she's a voodoo queen. Voodoo queen. Yes.
1: The D played amazing, forced at least four or five three outs, and we could barely get a first down when we yeah. got both. I mean, yeah, yep. Mike, you're definitely doing a good job of rehashing all the sure. terrible things that happened in that game. Thanks for that. Back to the injuries. What a bummer about Chris. I hope there wasn't this, that wasn't the last time we see him in pure and red. Have we had any games all year besides the season opener when no starters were out? It seems like we haven't had a, a single healthy week. We Let's haven't. find that voodoo doll and shoot it out of the cannons. Merry yeah. Christmas, guys. <laughs> Sorry, no old, jo- old jokes this week. Actually, I'm glad there were no yeah. old jokes. Mike and Kenneth. Uh, thank you, Mike. So the answer to your question is no, and, and actually we didn't even have the starting lineup in the first game. Because Jordan Whitehead was out for that game. I was just going to say,
2: not, we haven't had anything.
1: And Sean Murphy-Bunding lasted less than a quarter in that game. Yeah. So, no, we have not yet, and we still, pr- we still won't. We uh-huh. we will finish the season without having the, the 22 that we intended yep. to start, that the, were on the top of your the depth. The guys part.
2: that you wanted. Right. It was
1: close in week one. It was. It was close. It hasn't been close since.
2: Nope.
1: That being said, let's look at the flip side of the coin. And um, at least acknowledge that the offensive line—I'm uh-huh. knocking on wood—has sure. enjoyed a lot of health. Only one missed start. That yep. was by Ali
2: Marpet. We need, it. we need that.
1: Your quarterback has been healthy. Yeah. And going strong at age 44. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, you have mainly been okay up front on defense. Who's? Yeah. I don't think those guys have been hurt. No. It's been the corners and now the safeties and now, of course,
2: and all the, the tight ends. We had some issues on tight ends. That's end. right. Rob missed time. Yeah. 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 But every team has had problems. Yep. No one's going to feel sorry for you. I always like when teams say that. No one's going to feel sorry for you. And okay. Right. All right.
1: Now, you know we had the little thing going where every time uh, right. our friend in Brazil, Alexander Nascimento, sent us a question that was about football.
2: Funny you say that, because I, I thought of that immediately after the game was over <laughs> with. I went, well, there goes, <laughs> there that, goes one. that one. There
1: goes that one. It's like shaving off your playoff beard. Sure. So uh, uh, he, we read one from him last week, and we did not win, so that's over. Yep. So I wasn't going to. Uh uh-huh. um read a question from him this week, but I actually like the question that he sent. Okay. So I'm going to sneak it in. Wow.
2: Well, why not? Go Ahoy,
1: ahead. salty ones. Hope this finds you both well and extra salty.
2: So far, yes.
1: Thanks. First of all, thanks for reading my question on this quest to make our team invincible. I really appreciated it. All right. and, and that's what I was just talking about. I appreciate that. But every time we won the Super Bowl, we lost twice to the uh, Saints. That yeah. one's getting around, yeah, huh? Everybody's everybody's everybody likes that. Yeah, I got to find So maybe out. that was a, in quotes, good thing. Okay. Perhaps you guys are down on questions this week, and I could sneak one in. Sure. Yes, you can. You did. Watching special teams playing i got a question about a possible defensive situation if a defender jumps from inside the field to get a ball that is going out of bounds and throws the ball back to the field and another defender catches it without letting it hit the ground is that an interception since you did thanks for reading alexander Nascimento. uh yes and same thing with a catch if if you if you jump I'm, trying to,
2: I'm trying to visualize
1: this. So he's saying the receiver's near the sideline. He jumps, catches the ball in the air, has not touched down yet, okay. and then throws the ball back, okay. and it doesn't hit the ground. It's Great. caught by another, another player on your team.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Does that count? And yes, it does. It does. It's extraordinarily rare. You really see it more when they're trying to down punts.
2: I was just going to say, where, yes.
1: And it's not, it's not that it would go out of bounds. It would go in the end zone for a touchback, but it is the same concept.
2: Yeah. Uh, That's a good question, though. Yeah, it's a good question. He's thinking.
1: It's it's what you'd expect. I mean, for a ball to be out of bounds, it has to hit
2: out of bounds. Right. So if Uh, it's in the air and you're in the air. Although,
1: you know, when you think about it on a punt – it's yeah. not spotted where it hits out of bounds. They estimate where it crossed out where, of bounds.
2: Yeah, they, they walk up the field. But rules are different for yeah. punts and other things. So, which, which, it's so scientific, where did it cross out of bounds? It's so,
1: <laughs> but, but like on offensive plays, right. the ball's out of bounds when it hits out of bounds or when a player who is out of bounds touches, touches the ball. It, yeah. So if you never actually touched down and tossed it back and the ball never hit down out, and it was caught in bounds. Uh, yeah, that would be, that would count.
2: That would get you. All, all right.
1: right. And he also says, remember last week we were talking about the IHMAs, the International Home Marketing. Indies? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Buccaneers got Germany, applied for and were granted uh-huh. that. And one of the other options was Brazil, where yeah, a friend here is from. Know. I, and I kind of made, it's like, I bet he would have liked it there. Sure. And um, maybe he can go to the game in Germany. Uh-huh. And so he says, P.S., and I'd like to say that I'm not at all upset about th- that the Bucks were granted Germany on IHMA. It's a great country with a great market, so I understand the selection. But obviously, I would have preferred if it was Brazil. And just so you know, it's cheaper and closer for me to watch a game in Florida than to go to Germany to do something. <laughs> yes, I did know that. <laughs> and yes, I think it would be far more likely uh, for him ever to see a game here yeah. than in Germany. Oh my But goodness. he pointed that out. I guess I did kind of make a dumb joke.
2: That's funny. Wow. All right,
1: one more. Well, what I like is they're listening. This one is not really a question. It is the back and forth on our issue with... Um, people out of town trying to listen to the radio broadcast. Yes. First time this came up from a, a user in Texas, uh-huh. a, user, a fan in Texas <laughs> named Steven Larson, uh, who had asked about it, and at the time we didn't give him a great answer, uh-huh. but the next week you came with a different answer.
2: Yeah, Game Pass. And, and
1: I made a point to email him so he'd listen, okay. so he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, and he was appreciative that we have been trying to help him. Sure. But here's what he says about Game Pass. Okay. So you told fans, you told anybody listening that you could buy Game Pass for...
2: How I much? thought it was 9.95 90. a month.
1: Okay. And then you could get broadcasts of
2: I, radio broadcasts of all the teams. That's what I was thinking. No. He
1: says, "Thanks for the advice and option of NFL Game Pass." I have considered that option. However, it is after the game ends. Did you know that?
2: I thought that was the TV version.
1: I'm getting really confused because I thought you had the information here, so I didn't bother to look it up. Yeah, no.
2: I, I, but I, but I, do, I do know what he's saying about the TV version, but I didn't think the, uh, the radio version was after the game was
1: apparently, over. Apparently, to believe Mr. Larson, it is. And I have no radio. reason not to believe him because okay. he's apparently tried it. He says it is after the game ends and I already know the outcome. Yeah, uh, if you were going to enjoy that, you'd probably try to yeah, avoid that, hearing it.
2: That makes no sense. Why would you want to listen to a game once you know?
1: Most importantly, it is not Gene Duckerhoff calling the game, but then in parentheses, or is it? So I don't know the answer to that either. I, I thought either. you would. So, uh,
2: you're the radio yeah. guy. It's a radio I under- question. I understand. I'm looking. We really a-
1: need to come with the, a, a better answer about this next week. Okay. okay.
2: I, look, I, I hit this and it says "relive every broadcast you relive. can watch." It's watch, but I need to see where the audio version is.
1: Well, he's right. If it's a if it's a broad TV broadcast, well, the other right. way
2: he can do it. The other way he can do it. Okay. I just happen to think about this too. Sorry, I'm slow thinking. Is uh, Sirius Satellite XM Radio? They carry all the broadcasts, home and away, all of those. The one with Gene Decker off Yep, you're it's sure of this. I know because I have to send them the feed. It is a live. Uh huh. Um, so that, there's a
1: different channel on Sirius for each game.
2: Yes, you can. Well, yeah, I believe can, that. I used yeah, to have, You said that with baseball. Yes, yes, you can pick. You can pick which which the and home that's right. Version. It always
1: was the. Radio broadcast, yes, not TV, right? Uh, when I had now, baseball. it says
2: here: listen, want national and analysis or hometown flavor? Oh. get it to month to month, just nine ninety nine with our new monthly subscription option. This is serious XM. No, this one is this is Game Pass. And, but does it say it's live? That's really what we got to get yeah. to the bottom of. I sure. would think it's live because I have to send them the feed too. I'm getting you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this now. Now it's got me wondering.
1: I wouldn't I,
2: Listen, It makes I no d- sense for radio to be delayed. It
1: I've got a good say. feel by his writing that that he's smart. Stephen guy. Larson here is a smart guy. Yeah,
2: he's looking through so it.
1: So I would have assumed that he would have thought of SiriusXM as an option.
2: Yeah, but he di- he didn't say. But that is that is um that is a, a, an option.
1: S- to, k- to finish his email. Um,
2: I am going to reach out to them.
1: Most importantly, it is not Gene Deckerhoff calling the game, or is it? It is hard to beat the excitement and bias of home team radio broadcasters. Yeah. I really love that there's certain fans that, like, enjoy that their their home team well, broadcast is biased. I think yeah. that's cool. Like, I can't stand, or I think he retired now, but Hawk Harrelson, the, sure. the White Sox broadcaster, yeah. who's like the biggest homer I've ever heard on right. the radio. Right, right. Or actually I think he does their T V broadcast or did, yeah, whatever. Did. But I know White Sox fans who love him. Right. And they like that he's that biased. All right. So I mean I guess you if, just have to be a fan of the team.
2: If you're listening to you, uh, the broadcast of your team, you want to hear positive things. I guess. Now we balance it where you can't you can't fool yeah, you, can't, uh, you can't fool a sports fan, okay? If it if, if the team's playing bad, you have to say they're playing bad. And we, we did. The key to it all is don't make it personal. You can't say a player just sucks. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you don't you, you can't you can't make it personal. You have to do X's and O's of. You Y's. can
1: say that that guy dropped the ball but yes. because that guy always drops the ball. Right, it, it,
2: that type of thing.
1: Okay, so, all right. To, to finish here, he says, yep. Please keep pushing for geolocation geolocation yep, right. radio restrictions to be removed.
2: I am. That's what I'm trying to do. Yes,
1: fans. Around the world and our military members should have the ability to stream the radio broadcasts through the Bucks app.
2: Yep, I agree.
1: I would be happy to discuss this with any advisory board or (laughs) review committee. I like it. I don't know if there is that such a thing. There there. isn't,
2: but he's committed.
1: If they ever want to hear from a fan. In the meantime, I will continue to turn on the TV at game time and discover the Food Ninja infomercial is playing (laughs) instead of the world champs, (laughs) Stephen Larson. (laughs) That's it, Jeff. (laughs)
2: That's good. (laughs) I liked it a lot. I am going to do some research on this for you. Okay. All right. All right. We want to say thanks to Beef O'Brady's. You've tuned into this podcast. you got a couple of classics. And then if you think of Beef O'Brady's, you're going to get the same thing. Wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer. You put them all together and you get Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgating greatness. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, try Beef's To Go or full-on catering. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets tailgating time anytime. Got anything else? Nope. Take it away. I want to say, if you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Oh, that's already it's passed. Over. It's over. Uh, happy Kwanzaa. Happy New passed? Year. Happy New Year. Well, hopefully they'll hear from us before yeah, that That's right. We, we should be on next But either way, be safe and enjoy your family. And since you did, thanks for listening.